0: My name is John, if you're a guest today, I want to welcome you to Canyon Ridge Church. We're in a series called The Game, and today is how to play the game. Really, how to win the game, and we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. But this is a strategy on how to win, how to be a winner in life. Uh, There are definitely winners and losers in life, and people refer to life as uh, the game of life, or life is a game that is played, and people are all playing the game. You can't escape it. Everybody is involved in the game, and everybody is playing in their own way, and so uh, life is a game. If you're like me, then this past week is a week you want to uh, forget. You're GLAD is over, and I think that uh, it, it was really a, a way for me to learn something new about my life. I knew this about me. But uh, having no power for almost three days really brought it to uh, the forefront of my life. Our first response in our family was, uh, of course, celebration. Of course, all the children were excited because there's no power, therefore, no school. And, uh, of course, the snow, and so this is just awesome. But that wore off very quickly and eventually turned into... I'm bored, complaining. That gave way to frustration, eventually anger, and then depression <laughs> on my part. <laughs> Restlessness. You know, we go through life so fast, so fast. It feels like that life is just going at Mach 4, you feel that way? Everybody is running and doing and going and doing, going and going and going. on. And then when the power goes out and the only thing that works is my iPhone. And even that, it only works for a few hours. And so Joe and I were taking turns going into the car, sitting in there and charging our iPhones, catching up on anything we could possibly get, then coming back in the house. It You couldn't do anything. And it really showed me that when you're going through life so fast like that, and when it stops, you don't know what to do with yourself. There was a survey that was recently given conducted, and there was over a thousand people were surveyed, and they asked them a specific question. They said, what is the one thing that you would say that is hindering you from growing deeper in your love and in your relationship with God Almighty' The number one answer was, I'm too busy. Isn't that amazing? I thought technology was supposed to make our lives more efficient, make our lives more easier. Do you realize we are the only generation to stand in front of a microwave and wait for it to hurry up? (laughs) I think the irony of this is that our ancestors... We're able to serve God through persecution, poverty, martyrdom, prison. And yet we are hindered in our relationship with God by something as trivial as being too busy. If technology is supposed to make our lives better and easier, I tell you I don't see it. I bought an electric toothbrush. As A dentist recommended that I get one, and so I came home with it, and it had a 31-page instruction manual on how to use the electric toothbrush. And after a while, I just threw it down and realized that all you have to do is push the on button. (laughs) Recently, there was a study of the average person in America coming up with what the average person's lifestyle looks like. Basically a picture, a snapshot of their life. This is what they came up with. The average person will spend 31 minutes a day with child care, taking care of children. Seven minutes a day taking care of plants or pets. One year of your life will be spent. One whole year will be spent looking for things that are lost. I don't know about you, but when I'm trying to find the remote that my children have tossed under the bed, I'm ready to kill somebody. 29 minutes a day visiting other people, and that has actually gone down over the years. Four minutes a day filling out paperwork for the government, and then there's time spent in your car. This one's weird. Six months of your life will be spent at traffic lights. But you know, people make up for it, right? When they're sitting at the light, they check Facebook, put on their makeup, read a book, check their email, send a text message, all at stoplights. Then there's time that we spend relaxing, movies, vacations, unexpected things happen, there's emergencies, car breaks down. A family therapist decided to put together what is the basic Necessity a person needs to do just to get through one single day. Just the basic things that need to be done to get through the day, and he calculated that all of those things require 36 hours. Well, we obviously don't have 36 hours in a day. So, how to live your life in a better way? Jesus. Laid out a beautiful plan. It's found in Matthew chapter 6. If you have a Bible, you can turn there this morning. Matthew chapter 6. And I'd like us to read together verses 25 through 34. We've read this before. John Gilbertson said to me one time that I'm not impressed by how many books on leadership you've read, I'm impressed by how many you've mastered. As great advice, and John was always full of excellent advice. And here's a scripture that maybe you've read before, maybe you've read it for a few times, but have you mastered it? That's what matters. So we're going to have it on the screen behind us. You can look at it in your Bible as well. Would like to read this together and then draw some some scriptural truth from it this morning. So Jesus said this, verse 25. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you will have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers... That they are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? In another way, you could say, why is your faith out of order? Verse 31. So don't worry about these things saying, What will he eat, or what will we drink, or when will the power come on? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows your needs. So do this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And He will give you everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring with it its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Essentially, Jesus was saying to the audience of his day, slow down! Slow down! You're way too stressed out over all these things, trivial things that you think are so important, that you spend so much time with, that are not important if you have your heart in the right place. This is what you need to do. This is how you can play the game well. First of all, make God first in your life. God. God is the first box, the orange box, the foundation. I have an orange box right here. I would like to spend more time this year with God than I have in previous years. Time not focused on other things, mind not wandering about other things, but just purely focused on Him. I would like to spend more time in prayer. Prayer set aside specifically for prayer. Not prayer in the car, on the go, rushing to work, those prayers we throw out, the 9 ones you know, it's like, oh God, here I am again. You know all these things and I need help for this and I need help for, and help for that. And by the time you're done, you're there and it's over and you move on. But time spent sitting, listening, talking to Him, listening to Him, quality time with the Lord. You know... Uh, the spiritual disciplines, that community group, is a great place for you to learn that skill. And that'll, that's what you'll learn on Wednesday nights. Pastor Matt will be teaching you about those disciplines of how to cultivate time with God, how to listen. You know, That's, a, that's a skill you have to learn. The first time I decided I would spend one whole day with God, I said the next free day that I have that comes up, I'm going to give that whole day to God. I'm just going to go away and, and and leave my family and just be by myself and give that whole day back to God. Just a day for God. Do you know how long I waited for that day to come up? It still hasn't. That was 1999. If you live to age 70, you'll have 25,000 days of life that God gives you. Wonderful days, wonderful opportunities to live and do whatever you want, however you please. God has gifted you those 25,000 days. Hello? And you're not going to give back to Him even one day. You can't give one single day of the 25,000 back to God? I think you can. Maybe 2012 is the year you give back to God the time He's given to you. God is the first box. This is how Jesus says it. This is how He teaches it. You want to live successfully, live well then this is the first box. The second one is called people. Or I think on yours, it's like this. Can you still see me? This box is people. In 2012, I want to spend more time with people, quality time listening to people, knowing people. You know, it's wonderful what you discover about somebody if you'll just take the time to spend some time with them. When is the last time you and a friend went out? You men, because I know ladies do this pretty well. You men, when's the last time you went out with another brother and had coffee and spent an hour with him? How many friends do you have? You know, I want to know my neighbors. I want to have deep, lasting friendships. When I get into a crisis or a trouble, I want my friends to be calling right away and coming over and there for me, to support me. When I'm in a crisis, I don't want to be all alone. I want to invest in people and know people and be around people. When I am old and gray, I want my friends and family to want to be around me. Not saying, oh, are we going to have to go see Grandpa? He's so mean. I want to enjoy the people that I work with. And not just working with them, but knowing them and knowing their lives and knowing their children and enjoying the people that I work with. I want people to miss me when I'm gone. I still think about my friend John Gilbertson. He made such a big impact on my life. I miss him. He was a true friend. If you're like me, you've had those moments where the speed of your life made it virtually impossible to enjoy the people around you. I remember one year, we were so psyched. The kids were little. We were going to see Santa Claus and get our pictures with Santa. And this was the first time we did this, and I was so excited. The boys are going to be able to sit on Santa's lap, and this will just be great. And I was, we were listening to Christmas music and hot cocoa and candy canes. It was just perfect. And we get there, and the boys flipped out and thought he was like Satan Claus or something. They were terrified. They were screaming and crying and kicking and snot running down their face. And finally, we just said, forget this. And left, full of anger and just frustrated. I can think of the time we decided this brilliant idea, we're going to get in the car and we're go for a beautiful drive. You know, a drive in the country, a peaceful drive. Put the kids in the car. I think we got about eight miles. And we're right back home again. Kids are in their rooms. You know, you are so stressed out and so occupied with all these things that, you really miss the people in your life. And you're going so fast and doing so much and maybe you justify it. Well, I work and I carry the burden for my family. But five years have gone by and you've missed out on people. And your relationships are empty and few and far between. community groups is a great way To start building some new friendships, some new relationships. Meet somebody new and invest in that friendship. Invest in them. World missions. World missions is a great way to invest in people and to meet people. People of different cultures and different languages and different faces and smells and places and that's one of the most incredible things you can do is take a couple weeks or a month of your life, whatever you've got, and go on the mission field and do some foreign missions work. Maybe build a, a church or somebody's house or you know put some cars together. I don't know. There's all kinds of things that you can do. But there's nothing that, that, that expands your heart for just people on the earth like going to another country and a culture and, and loving on people. And the last one is calling. Now it's getting too high. You won't be able to see me. It's a balancing act. The last one is calling. The famous Blues Brothers movie. These two guys jump in the car and they say, we're on a mission from God. You ever felt that way? You ever felt like, you know, I wish I had a mission from God? I wish that, you know, if God would come to me and say, John, I would like you to do this. That would be the coolest thing, wouldn't it? I mean, I would really do that. I would love to do that. Here, this is what I want you to do. So many people feel like that their job, their work that they go to every day is not, is nothing. It's meaningless, and, it, and, it, and it, it's not a calling. that God hasn't asked them to do it. They're just doing it to earn money. Well, if your job is that unfulfilling for you, then why not change that this year? Now, I'm not saying quit, especially in this economy. Well, why don't you start with prayer? Start with prayer and say, God, I would like to be fulfilled in what I do. I would like to pursue a calling that you have for me. Would you open up doors of opportunity and keep your eyes open? and start looking and be ready you know don't set your sights on subway subway okay that's a place to start okay get your go go get a job at subway start there but that's just a starting point that's not a calling set your sight on something bigger a dream that god would put in your heart you know paul said to timothy he said don't neglect the gifts of god that are within you do you realize that god has gifted you that he's given you gifts and talents and abilities to use to bring glory to god in a calling and you don't think that it's just limited to like leading worship or being a pastor or or being a youth pastor A calling to to work at Bowling can be every bit as significant as a calling to the ministry. Aspire to live your life with meaning and purpose as it is given to you by God. Jesus lays it out so simply in this format. Now, There are only three. If you have energy for anything else, then it all goes on top of the ball. But this is what a lot of people do they take career, job, calling, whatever, what you do with your life, what you do for a living. And that is number one. And so it goes on the bottom. And then they think, well, you know, uh, it's good to have some relationships. And so they put that on there. It's very difficult to maintain that. Very hard. But if you are very careful and you really work it, maybe you can get that to work. But then God... doesn't work it's impossible it's utterly impossible this will never work well how about forget forget relationships who's got time for that here's career and then God it doesn't work so you can try living that way but it's going to leave you very very frustrated Jesus said, clearly, this is the only way it works. God first. It takes faith to do that. And he said, you have little faith, or your faith is misplaced. So establish your faith in God. Trust him with your very life, and put him first. And then what you'll find is everything else builds beautifully on top of that just fine. But reverse it, it'll never work. It'll never work. It'll leave you feeling empty. You'll have this feeling in life that you're damaged. And you'll compare yourself to other people. Maybe people in your family or friends or other people in the church. And you'll say, you know, those are good Christians. But it's not me. You know, I'm, I'm the big Christian screw-up. I am making a lot of mistakes and, and things aren't right. You know there's a story in the, in the Old Testament about Mephibosheth, and great story about this, this kid who was crippled it shortly after he was born. It was a small child and was injured and crippled in both feet. And so he felt like a loser, like a reject. Nothing in life was right for him. Everything was wrong. It was out of place and out of order and wasn't working. I'm sure he was very depressed. He had no security and no significance in who he was. And then he met David. David was king. And David said to him an amazing thing. He said, I would like you to come and sit at my table with my children in the palace. Be treated as one of my sons. And his response to David is, What do you want with a dead dog like me? And I think that if that's your feeling inside of yourself, that's, that's how you feel about yourself. The, the blocks are out of order. Because you can never feel totally secure and totally safe until you set these blocks in order in your life. That's the only way to play the game well. How do you make God first? Well, it's so obvious, isn't it? I mean... You can tell when something's important to you, can't you? I mean, can you tell that football's important to me? Sure, right? You're thinking to yourself, he better shut up. You know when something's important to you. And that's simply all we're talking about here is making God important. The most important. And then the second is not your career. It's not your job, not your calling. It is people in your life. It's the only thing you can take with you. When you die, you're going to go stand before God in a white robe. That is it. Thank God there's robes. I do not want to stand naked before Peter and all of them. I want a robe. That's all you get, though. That's it. You don't take your medals. You don't take your plaques and your awards and your 401k. You take nothing with you. But the people that you influenced, that you take with you. So people are second, and then career and calling is third. When you put your calling and your career ahead of those things, the people in your life feel rejected by you. They feel put out by you. They feel ignored by you. And so does God. So here's this, this. is my last point. 25,000 days. That's a lot of days. 25,000 days. Can you give one back? Just one? Let's pray together. Lord, first of all, I'd like to lead us, all of us here, in just a heart of repentance. Asking for you to forgive us, Lord, for our prayerlessness, our lack of devotion to your word, our wrong order of priorities and purpose. And I pray, Father, that you would help us today establish the right priority. And for all those who feel ashamed and disappointed in themselves of how they've been living, maybe even seeing themselves like Mephibosheth, Lord, give them a fresh new start today. Help them to sit at your table and receive your banquet. To not be second class or abandoned orphans, but to be children of God. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.